Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the August 11th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're going to look at numbers 1786 through 1794 of the Catechism. 3. To choose in accord with conscience. Faced with a moral choice, conscience can make either a right judgment in accordance with reason and divine law, or on the contrary, an erroneous judgment that departs from them. 1787. Man is sometimes confronted by situations that make moral judgments less assured and decision difficult, but we must always seriously seek what is right and good and discern the will of God expressed in divine law. 1788. To this purpose, man strives to interpret the data of experience and the signs of the times, assisted by the virtue of prudence by the advice of competent people, and by the help of the Holy Spirit and his gifts. 1789. Some rules apply to ev- in every case. One may never do evil so that good may result from it. The golden rule. Whatever you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. Charity always proceeds by way of respect for one's neighbour and his conscience. Thus sinning against your brethren and wounding their conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, it is not right to do anything that makes your brother stumble. For erroneous judgment. 1790. A human being must always obey the certain judgment of his conscience. If he were deliberately to act against it, he would condemn himself. Yet it can happen that moral conscience remains in ignorance and makes erroneous judgments about the acts to be performed or already committed. 1791. Ignorance can often be imputed to personal responsibility. This is the case when man takes too little trouble to find out what is good, true and good, or when conscience by degrees almost blinded through the habit of committing sin. In such case, the person is culpable for the evil he commits. 1792. Ignorance of Christ and his gospel, bad example given by others, enslavement to one's passions, Assertion of a mistaken notion of autonomy, of conscience, rejection of the church's authority and her teaching, lack of conversion and of charity, these can be at the source of errors of judgment and moral conduct. 1793. If, on the contrary, the ignorance is invincible or the moral subject is not responsible for his own erroneous judgment, the evil committed by the person cannot be imputed to by him, to him. It remains no less an evil, a privation, a disorder. One must therefore work to correct these errors of moral conscience. 1794. A good and pure conscience is enlightened by true faith. For charity proceeds at the same time from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. The more a correct conscience prevails, the more do persons and groups turn aside from blind choice and try to be guided by objective standards of moral conduct. Okay, so we're finishing this section on conscience today, and we're looking at uh, that we need to choose our actions in accord with our conscience. That it's all well and good for a conscience to see that something is good to do. But if then if you don't do it, it's it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really count for much. If anything, it's even worse for you. So one may never do evil so that good may come from it. That's the thing that is always always true. 
And then this golden rule, whatever you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. Um, but also to respect your neighbour. Respect. Respect one's neighbour and his conscience. These are things that are always need to, to do. To respect others. And not to cause anybody else to sin. Sometimes we can make other people sin. It can be funny to make somebody lose their temper. But it's wrong. It's wrong. If we convince somebody to do something evil, it is wrong. And yes, maybe we make them do wrong, we make them sin. But oftentimes we are more to blame. And then the other thing is to see that sometimes our judgment is wrong. We have an erroneous judgment. And this erroneous judgment... Uh, oftentimes is is our own fault that we haven't studied the situation enough and so uh, you know so that we haven't taken the time to see what is the teaching of the church what is right and what is wrong and um, we're to blame if we do something wrong because we have uh, not thought it through properly or not studied it or not uh, or uh, taken too little trouble you know that uh, it's uh, it's wrong uh, of us, and on the other hand, to see that uh, that you know that we we're not free actors. Yes, in the intimacy of our soul, we have to make a decision, but we're, we don't make that decision by ourselves. We have to take into account many other things: the tradition of the church, the teaching of the Bible, what is written in our hearts, um, so many other things. And if we, uh, if we don't, if we, you know, leapfrog over all that and we don't pay attention to it, then we are also to blame for the evil that we end up doing. And then it is also true, however, that sometimes there can be an invincible ignorance. And I know sometimes we use the phrase invincible ignorance just kind of like as an insult for somebody. But sometimes you don't know that for all of your good work, all of your intention, you end up doing something wrong. You end up hurting somebody through invincible ignorance. And so it is an evil, a privation, a disorder. But sometimes it's not a sin. If you really had done your best and something terrible happens. So if you really, uh, I don't know, you do something um, and something wrong comes out of it and you really thought the opposite was going to happen. So that, uh, I don't know, you go to do missionary work in some country where there's a famine and you find somebody who's starving to death and you fill them with all the wrong foods and this kills them. If you thought you were doing good and it was an invincible ignorance, then it's a tragedy. You've killed them. It's a, it's, a, it's a wrong, it's, it's, it's evil, it's, it's terrible, but it's not sinful. It's not, you're not culpable, you're not to blame for this. But then you should try to learn. And this is also an obligation we have to teach others. That if you see somebody doing something that's wrong through ignorance or through any other reason, to try to help them, not to be pointing out evil just so that you make yourselves look good, but to help other people, to help them. So very well. So we finish up with the in brief. 1795. Conscience is man's most secret core and his sanctuary. There he is alone with God, whose voice echoes in his depths. 
1796. Conscience is a judgment of reason by which the human person recognises the moral quality of a concrete act. 1797. For the man who has committed evil, the verdict of his conscience remains a pledge of conversion and of hope. 1798. A well-formed conscience is upright and truthful. It formulates its judgments according to reason, in conformity with the good willed by the wisdom of the Creator. Everyone must avail himself of the means to form his conscience. 1799. Faced with a moral choice, conscience can make either a right judgment in accordance with reason and divine law, or on the contrary an erroneous judgment that departs from them. 1800. A human being must always obey the certain judgments of his conscience. 1801. Conscience can remain in ignorance or make erroneous judgments. Such ignorance and errors are not always free of guilt. 1802. The word of God is a light for our path, which assimilates it in faith and prayer and puts it into practice. This is how moral conscience is formed. Okay, very well. So tomorrow we'll continue. And tomorrow we'll look at numbers 1803 and 1804. God bless.